Welcome to Podcasts on Demand, a continuing medical education activity. This activity includes the most recent and current clinical data presented by leading experts. If you are seeking continuing education credit, please review the disclosures and the requirements for a successful completion of the activity prior to listening to the podcast. A link is found in the podcast description that can direct you to this information. Thank you for joining us for this Conversations in Hematology Oncology. During this segment, we will be discussing key updates on novel therapies in follicular lymphoma published and presented at ASH 2023 in the fantastic city of San Diego. I am Dr. Matthew Lunning, Associate Professor of Hematology Oncology at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, and I am joined today by my esteemed colleague, Dr. Gilles Sauls, Chief of Lymphoma Service at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in the fabulous New York City, New York. Gilles, it was great seeing you in uh, in San Diego, uh, both kind of at the poster yeah. session, oral sessions, and then in the evening, kind of walking around uh, San Diego. I know we got a, a second to talk about, you know, what's going on in follicular lymphoma, a heavily uh, trafficked space in clinical trials with a lot of new exciting therapies that have been there, but then are also, you know, looking to partner with other therapies. One that comes to mind that I know is near and dear to your heart is Tazimetastat. Tazimetastat, you know, has its approval, but now it's looking for kind of a partner uh, to play within the sandbox. Can you maybe comment on your thoughts of what happened in the data um, at ASH around Symphony 1 and where you think that'll go uh, in regards to Symphony 2? Well, thank you, Matt, for this introduction. And um, hello, everybody. Yes, as we know, tazimetostat is a nice uh, single agent molecule labeled for patients with follicular lymphoma uh, who have relapsed after two lines of therapy and have an AZH2 mutation or who don't have any other uh, options for treatment. Um, as a single agent, the response rate varies according to the mutation of AZH2 presence or not. And it's in the range of two thirds of patients presenting when the mutation of pre is present, one third when it's not present. And the CR rate is in the range of 10, 15%, and the duration of response in the range of one year. So it's a good tool, but by itself as a single agent is not enough. So what we did in the Symphony trial was to combine tazemetostat with the classical R-square regimen as developed in augment. What we presented during this meeting was the running uh, uh, phase two phase, uh, portion of the trial where we used tazemetostat in combination with R-square. In terms of tolerability, we use you know, escalating dose of tazemetostat for 100, 600, and 800, and we reach out to 800 without any issues. The side effects were mostly those associated with R-square, maybe slightly more hematologic toxicity, but nothing major. What was interesting was the response rate in this relapsed refractory population of patients with follicular lymphoma, because the response rate was in the range of 90 to 95% overall uh, for these 42 patients, and the CR rate was in the range of 50 to 55%. What I see this range is because we examine patients that were POD24, patients that presented or not presented ZZH2 mutation, and overall we have the same result. Overall response rate above 90%, complete response rate above 50%. I think this compares favorably to what has been achieved with R-square alone, and obviously clearly better than tazemetostat as a single agent. What we're moving forward right now is a randomized trial 
which is the second part of the symphony study where we use R square compared to R square plus tazimetostat. And I will encourage people to enroll patients in this trial because this may bring another options uh, well tolerated for patients, but more to come probably in a few years when we have enrolled all these patients. Thank you, Dr. Sauls. That's a great uh, summary of kind of what's going on with uh, tazimetostat uh, moving, uh, trying to move earlier and earlier. It's hard to have a conversation about non-Hodgkin's lymphoma without, you know, touching on CAR T-cell therapy. You know, typically the ones we've been talking about most are those CD19-directed uh, CARs. We've seen some recent publications in blood with three-year follow-up from the Zuma 5 trial with AxiCell, continuing to show not only excellent durability uh, from a median PFS standpoint, flicker lymphoma, but also uh, in marginal zone lymphoma. While we didn't see any updated data at ASH uh, on AxiCell, we did see some update three-year three data from the Alara trial, you know, which I thought was also very interesting uh, with regards to you know, the durability of that construct, uh, but also perhaps a slightly different toxicity profile. Would you care to, to comment? Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, CD19 uh, uh, CAR-T have been entering the field of treatment of follicular lymphoma, maybe not at the same speed than uh, a diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. Maybe the unmet medical need is slightly different, or I will say even largely different. But we have here agents that are providing to patients a very high overall response rate. Again, we are in the 90% plus, and a CRH from 75 to 95 person depending on the compound. As you just mentioned, I think we, we saw the three years result of Elara. Um, again, I think an overall response rate close to 90%, CR rate above uh, uh, close to 80%. There are a little bit differences in the evaluation of uh, response criteria between trials. We should not do too many cross-trial comparisons. Um, what was interesting was that uh, uh, presented already last year was uh, the fact that patients with a higher tumor burden uh, were um, unfortunately less responding and have less prolonged duration of response. But with this update, we see that uh, uh, the uh, about half of the patient are still in response. I mean, uh, the median PFS is in the range of three years. And for those patients that responded, the median uh, duration of response is in the range of 70%. So it's really like, some patients have a durable benefit. Well, one of the questions I think that remained open for uh, CAR T-cell therapy in follicular lymphoma is whether they are curative agents or not, and whether, like with other treatment with follicular lymphoma, um, we will have a slow decline over the years, or if this patient may eventually never relapse. And I think we'll have to wait a long time to see that. But obviously, this has encouraging data. And as you mentioned, you know, this um, for one BB car, tisagen nuclear cell, but also uh, lyso cell, we had some uh, results uh, with the two years update, have clearly less toxicity than axi cell in terms of neurological event. I will say that the CRS event with patient with follicular lymphoma is not a major issue. Uh, probably this is less inflammatory disease, patient have less tumor bulk, but obviously when you have a 10, 15% of grade three, four uh, neurotox with AxiCell and you go down to, you know, less than 5% with a 4-1-BB, even one or 2%, I mean, these are more attractive products for patients who, you know, usually have not experienced severe side effects for any treatment. So 
This provides the opportunity to use this treatment in the ambulatory setting. Um, we heard the two years update of uh, Lysocell, which is not approved yet, but probably might be. And again, now we are dealing with more than 90% CR rate, excellent reliability. So I think what we have to take into consideration is that um, there is a competition with the other drug we'll discuss, which are by specifics. But um, I will say for one BB, CAR T cell provides the opportunity to a one-time treatment for patient. Uh, and, you know, while maybe we have to look at the long-term side effect of this product in terms of immune suppression in particular, I think um, you get down. I mean, you collect the patient, you get your lymphodepletion three weeks later, you get your infusion, you are treated in the ambulatory care setting, and you know it's done within two, three months, you get your treatment done. So I think an interesting approach, more to come for sure. Yeah, no, I think that uh, you know thematically, and you you provided that segue very nicely is to talk about the CD3, CD20, you know, biospecific agents. I think ASH 2022 was kind of how are we figuring out where to position biospecifics and CAR T cell? And I think we kind of alluded to maybe it was, you know, biospecifics after CAR T and large cell lymphoma. And ASH 2023, we kind of have now this discussion of maybe it's CAR T cell after biospecifics, but without a lot of a lot of data. You know, there was some data, both uh, longer follow-up with uh, not only epcaritimab, but also mosinituzumab as uh, single agents at, at ASH, but also some combination data. Perhaps you can kind of uh, talk us through some of the initial mosinituzumab, kind of longer follow-up data, and then what appears to be partnering fairly nicely uh, with this agent in the clinical trial arena. Yeah, so mosinituzumab is obviously, um, you know, the first one, we have a longer follow-up. Uh, the phase two data was published and Steve Shuster presented the three years update of uh, this phase two data. So I recall very simply, these are relapsed refractory patients, uh, two or more lines of therapy for the majority of them, overall response rate uh, 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 close to 80% and CR rate uh, uh, 60%. So really, I mean, uh, a very good response to this patient uh, 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 indeed. Tolerability, I think, again, in follicular lymphomas, these agents are well tolerated. Um, there is a few CRS, uh, grade one, two, essentially. Um, even not necessarily in all patients, in the majority of patients, very rare grade three or more, and very little neurological event. Um, what Steve Shuster has presented are two interesting things. First of all, it's a duration of response. And at three years, it appears that 73% uh, of the patients that had a response were still responding, and particularly those with a CR. So, you know, again, um, is that competing? Is that a cure for some patient? I'm not sure. I think it's too early to say. I mean, 30 years ago or 25 years ago, we are not dealing to present any follicular data without waiting three or five years of follow-up. Now we see data early, but clearly they're encouraging. The second thing which I found interesting is that um, he presented some data suggesting that patients will recover their B cell um, at the range of around one year, like with rituximab, uh, maybe a little bit earlier, and uh, that at two years, the majority of them have recovered B cell. So interesting because, I mean, we are in an area where infectious diseases are still present, and it's important that we address that with patients. So good data in terms of safety again, and tolerability, and 
duration of response with Mosun as a single agent. Um, I didn't think uh, glofitamab is not anymore in the field of follicular lymphoma. We heard some data with epcoritamab, uh, a phase two study in the same setting. And you know the overall response rate, I think, was 75%. The CR rate was a little bit lower. Maybe this was more difficult to treat patient. Again, cross-trial comparison are difficult, good tolerability. Um, it's a subcutaneous agent, but we know that mosunotuzumab was also developed as a subcutaneous agent. Finally, odronextamab has a more complicated schedule of administration and um, you know, very high response rate. Maybe the duration of response may not be as fantastic, but you know, still we have to work on that. So I think it's um, you know, a building FEMA. Mosunotuzumab is approved and we are using it. And probably like you, I prefer to use Mosun before to use CAR-T. The majority of patients will discuss that later probably. Um, regarding the combination, obviously one of the major partners is uh, lenalidomide because we heard so much about lenalidomide and uh, uh, rituximab. So this was developed in this field. Um, I think you know the data of tolerability are good. Uh, there is again um, some rashes and things that we see with Len, a little bit more of heme toxicity. We'll expect that, um, but you know whether we gain a very substantial benefit in terms of response rate. It seems, yes, we are getting a little bit, but is that really meaningful? I think the question remains open to me. This will be answered by a major trial called Celestimo, which is being performed by combina combining mosinotuzumab plus linalidomide, more to come, and this will pave the way for phase three trial, comparing likely this combination to standard of care, uh, which will be immunochemotherapy or R-square. Um, I think you know this is major drugs in the field, and how they will fit in uh, our sequencing uh, 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 and in different combination remains open. So you think that uh, biospecifics are going to make its way to the front line in follicular lymphoma? Well, I think uh, a couple of people have presented data in this area, including uh, uh, Mosun or Mosun Len. Uh, our group presented uh, uh, the early result of a phase two trial of mosinetuzumab in the frontline setting of follicular lymphoma. Um, a CR rate of 73% patient with a high tumor burden. Uh, and I think we have to look at the characteristic of patient in all this trial. And I think this is very encouraging result. So it's just one question regarding bispecific in follicular lymphoma, which is the fact that some patients that fail this treatment lose uh, CD20 expression. And whether they will recover or not, what happens to this patient uh, is a question. But this phase two in uh, uh, first line setting are to a point very encouraging, and we'll continue to accrue in this uh, trial and probably look for combinations. Um, we heard about combination. Obviously, polatuzumab vedotin is a drug that can be combined with mosinotuzumab. It has efficacy as single agent in follicular, and it will bring another push, another cytotoxic push. We heard some data from MD Anderson. Uh, uh, using acalabrutinib plus R-square, and maybe BTK inhibitor can enter this field because um, we had thrown them away like three, four years ago uh, in the relapsed refractory setting, but now with the zanubrutinib data, they may be entering the field. Um, we have a trial tafacitamab uh, with R-square. We have the uh, uh, agents targeting CD47. So more to come. Obviously, the more mature data are with single agent uh, by specific right now, but I'm sure that 
combination of Mosun or the other bispecific will be developed in the near future. Definitely a lot of clinical trial activity right now and both relapse refractory follicular lymphoma as well as making their headway uh, into the frontline follicular lymphoma space. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us for this segment of key updates and novel therapies in follicular lymphoma published and presented at ASH 2023. Please be sure to click on the landing page for this activity to claim your AMA, ANCC, ACPE credit, access supplemental slides, as well as other topic segments and case scenarios. We hope you found this podcast useful and educational. To receive continuing education credit and to download your printable certificate, please go to the activity page at practice.cme.com to complete the post-test and evaluation to receive continuing education credit.